fresh out the oven, it's Cinema Bums. I'm Emmett. And I'm Wade. Cinema Bums is a podcast where we watch through every single movie in popular film franchises, one each week, to try and track how the storytelling changes over time. Today, we are continuing our miniseries Denny for Two, covering every film directed by Denny Villeneuve leading up to Dune. We will fully spoil today's film, but we will not spoil any future entries in the series. Wade, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, How are you doing? I am also doing well. I'm especially doing well today because we're honored to have a special guest. He's a writer, comedian, and cat daddy who is probably writing on his Instagram story right now about how the heptapod words for capitalism and death process are the exact same. (laughs) Please welcome Chandler Pennington. Yeah, wow, that's good. You got me down to a T. I thought these. I thought you usually end these intros with like a joke that's not true about someone. <laughs> Actually, go back and re-listen. They're all true. They're all true. <laughs> the joke is that they have all been true. Uh, <laughs> it's true. And then at the end, when I do my plugs, that's the part that's actually a lie because right. the things right. I plug don't actually end up happening. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> 90% of the people. Last time you were on. Yeah, yeah. I can't speak for others, but I can speak for myself. How's the non-essentials coming, Chandler? The film you plugged the last time you were on. That, What's the latest update? It is still coming. They sent me like a draft of the trailer. Okay. I, it's coming. It looks like it might. It could be all right. I don't know. Cool. Give us your trailer reacts. I think it's it's best practice to only say positive things about anything uh, on a podcast. So, <laughs> no, it's honestly not a very good trailer. The trailer has like words over it, like it's not like voiceover; it's like text. So it looks kind oh. of. But it's an. I know it's an early draft, and there's yeah, there's some cool moments. Well, excellent. And we also have a little bit of housekeeping, a little thing to plug here at the beginning, because Bumtober starts this Friday, October 1st. It is finally here. Follow us on Instagram at Cinema Bums to vote every single day of Bumtober on a movie series we should cover. Chandler, uh, if you want to, you can give the final Bumtober suggestion right now before the submission box closes. Oh, geez. Can I hear what's already on? No. <laughs> you can just make a suggestion cold. <laughs> but I'll tell if you say one that's already been given. I'll yeah, let you know. yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think several of yours are on there already. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, 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 my number one is definitely the Barbie movie series. Do you want to say anything? Yeah. In defense of your Barbie suggestion? Well, there's so many and they went on for so long. You've got like 20, 30 years of just creative beauty. And I only saw like a few of them, like the <laughs> early ones, but I kind of kind of grew up on those movies, honestly. Like, oh, interesting. I, there's, there's a few years of my childhood where we just watched a few of them like over and over and over. And uh, they're honestly really, really good. <laughs> Like, they're, from what I remember, they were, like, good movies. So, I don't know. I think it'd be a real up and down going through, like, 20 years of 
the Barbie franchise. And we would get to finish with the Barbie movie that is coming out being directed by Greta Gerwig. Oh, that would be such a wild crossover. And and starring, right? Starring Margot Robbie? Yeah. That is... That's Which is going good. ahead. Uh, no, it does sound like we might have to do it. But we just we could not spend thirty five weeks. You could double up. You could double up because they're short. Okay. They're they're baby movies. You okay, know? that's true. What like, would that? What is that? So then that's like, like sixteen. It'd still be the longest thing we'd it's ever like done. Four months. <laughs> about that's about yeah. the max I'm willing to do. To <laughs> like I would be willing to do like a sixteen. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's pretty close to the max. If the people did vote for it, Chandler, yeah, what one would you want to be on? I I feel like I might want to be on one I haven't already seen. Okay, uh, I do have some strong feelings about those early ones. Mm. It might be cool to revisit. So I'd either do the Rapunzel one. Okay, where Rapunzel, if I recall correctly, discovers that she can paint portals. To travel through. Whoa. Wow. Into, I don't remember if it's a fantasy world or just parts of the world. Like, I think if she paints a real place, she can go there. It's Super Mario 64. Yeah. They are also another real, like, just something positive to say about that franchise is they are, like, meant to be, like, feminist. Like, that was <laughs> the intent behind them. Nice. I don't know if that carries throughout, but I know, like, part of the original is, like, because Barbie was dealing with sort of some like, you know, bad press, I guess, about like their, you know, whole thing. Yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. And so they were like, well, let's make some girl movies, but have them be like, cause like Rapunzel, it's not, it's not just like the prince saves her, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so spoiler alert, but cool. uh, Swan Lake one is a work of art, visual masterpiece. I have like, I have a sinking feeling that this is going to be the series that we're doing. <laughs> so I'm I glad it's going to be least, at the top. I think at, it's going to be in the top. Least. Like I, I say it makes it to the final four, at least. I, I'll be happy just to get it that far. That'll be. <laughs> but you saying this does make me like at least not dread it. Um, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, that is good to hear. I think, I think you guys would have fun with it and hate it. I think it would really match the energy of watching through X-Men. I think if you're, if, if you're trying to recapture that lightning in a bottle, which I think you should be, then I think <laughs> that the Barbie franchise is the way to go. It, yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. As a big fan of, of you guys. Thank you. Uh, I listened thanks. recently to the Candyman episode so that I didn't have to watch it. <laughs> Did you see either of them or you just? No, I don't. I don't like horror that much, but I'm oh, interested gotcha. in it. So I gotcha. was like, let me listen to those those bums. <laughs> well, yes. So thank you, Chandler, for this suggestion of the Barbies. Once again, uh, listeners, please, please uh, follow us on the Instagrams. Mm-hmm. Vote um, during the Bumtober bracket. We're very excited about this. Help pick our next series. And get this. If your series is picked, you will get to... If you wish, come on and guest for an episode uh, nice. of your choosing. Wow. Yeah, if if you want to, we'll give you a first pick on which in the series. Vote for Barbie, guys. Unless you're the one person who sent in holes, in which case you <laughs> will only talk about holes. Yeah, yeah there yeah. aren't any other options. <laughs> That's good. Who sent in holes? Can you reveal? 
I'm not going to reveal, but I know who it is. Well, I'm glad you're protecting their She knows if she's listening. That's what I'll say. You know who you are. So, Chandler, this movie that we're talking about today, Arrival, uh, 2016 Denis Villeneuve film, had you seen it before you watched it for this episode? I had, yes. It took me a while to see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did not see it in theaters. I really wish I had. It was one that people told me that, like, I specifically would like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, Chandler, you'll like this movie. You should watch it. And then sometimes when that kind of thing happens, I weirdly put off watching that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. And I was like, spoiler <laughs> alert. It's very, very good. <laughs> it's a very good movie. That's funny. I think that's something that uh, both of you have in common, in fact, because I often <laughs> I watch a lot of new movies and I can like very easily identify what's an Emmett movie or what's a Chandler mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do feel like when I, whenever I choose to tell that to either of you, it just makes you a little reluctant. <laughs> I did. I did very quickly watch the most recent thing. I think you told me the, um, what was that animated movie? The, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that like that week and you were right. It was really good and up my alley. I'm glad. It is really yeah. good. It's a bad title, I've got to say, but it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a great title. Chandler, had you seen any previous movies by Denis Villeneuve I had uh I'd seen Blade Runner his Blade Runner didn't like it very much Mm -hmm. and um Sicario which I do like interesting what do you like about Sicario because we were trying to figure out what people like about Sicario when we talked about that movie I don't it's been so long since I watched it honestly I was just tense you know Mm -hmm. some some pretty good performances I love yeah Mr. Del Toro. Mm-hmm. I really like the scene at the end in her apartment. Mm. It's mm. like this weird, like there's something very like grounded about it that makes it kind of scary. That it's mm. just like in her apartment feels very like real. I don't know. That makes sense. You're from Texas too. So I wonder if did any of that stuff stand out to you when you saw it? Yeah. That movie is all exactly what Texas is like. <laughs> 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 not not really i don't live i lived more in north texas so a lot mm-hmm. of that yeah not really emmett that's his highest rated movie really i was looking this up today yeah it's very close but the top three on metacritic mm-hmm. is number one sicario with an 82 number two this film arrival mm-hmm. at 81 and three is incendies Whoa. With an 80. wow so they're all that that close but that's the order and that includes dune by the way because the reviews have dropped have already come out Mm -hmm. oh wow i know we get to this later but i've been reading dune oh let's do it now let's do it now because i have almost nothing to say let's do (laughs) the what's your dune book report yeah what's your dune book report i'm i suspect further along than you wade Uh, (laughs) most certainly but working through very slowly uh i think i average like a chapter a week at this point I think like two thirds of the way through, maybe a little more than that, but it's really good. I'm just bad at reading books, honestly, but it is really good. I get it. It is really good. It's so readable in a way that I feel like books from that time period are not. I agree. Yeah. And books in this genre are not, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Hard sci-fi is often hard. (laughs) Yeah. 
And considering how like abstract so much of the world building is that mm-hmm. I love the way it's just like information is just dropped, just referenced. And it's like, get over it. it like just yeah. so many words, so many proper nouns, so many, like, just like italicized words where you think like, oh, that must mean something. And you Google it. And the only results are about Dune. people trying to figure out what this word means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. Eventually, you just, like, you stop Googling the things and you just, like, take it in, you know? (laughs) Well, wait. Now that Chandler has told us why books are good, uh, will you tell us us about the very brief stats on this movie? Oh, certainly, certainly. Today, we are talking about A Rival. Its sequel, (laughs) A Teacher, is also available on Hulu. (laughs) That was my prepared joke. This movie is a a twin to the movie Enemy. It's enemy and a rival (laughs) that's correct the sequel (laughs) this is arrival the eighth film directed by denny villeneuve it was written by eric hesserer who has only other than this written horror films he wrote a nightmare on elm street 2010 the thing 2011 (laughs) lights out and Bird Box. Interesting. But he is currently working on Shadow and Bone on Netflix, uh, which is a TV show adapted from the Lee Bardugo novels, but he developed and wrote and show runs that. And I've heard that's cool. pretty good. I've only seen Bird Box out of all those ones that you mentioned. I have only seen Lights Out, and it is good. And I've heard all the rest of those are bad, which is why I haven't watched them. I think that Bird Box is a really cool idea. And it doesn't get a lot farther than that. But this movie, Arrival, is based on the 1998 novella Story of Your Life by Ted Chang, a short story writer. Any experience with the author? Only the experience of being told that I need to read the short story and then not doing that. <laughs> and as previously mentioned, not. <laughs> you decided not to. I decided not to do that thing. And to look it up on Wikipedia instead. <laughs> The score of this is by Johan Johansson. Uh, this is his third Denny movie and the last he composed before he died in February 2018 at age 48. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Indeed. Man, the music in this movie is really good. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good. <laughs> I'm not a music guy. I have no more developed thoughts than just that it's really good. Well, I'm just adding to it a little here. The opening and closing track the like piece of music that plays over the opening and the closing is the song on the nature of daylight by max richter mm. so that is not johan's score that is like a pre-existing mm. track by max richter who's also awesome and because of that the film was deemed ineligible to be nominated for best original what? score at the oscars what because of prominently uh, featuring. Just kidding. I'm changing my name here Dude. right now to Johan was robbed. True. Yeah, for real. Truly. It's like cinema bums. How can the Academy disappoint us this time? Yeah. Well, there's exactly. going to be more of that as oh, we don't, go on. Oh, good. Good. We'll lay <laughs> so, it on us. But I obviously that opening track is awesome. But all the music throughout is incredible. All of like the weird choral stuff he does in the middle. Oh yeah, like the, the part- vocal stuff. That so strange. So cool. yeah. yeah, it is like creepy and unsettling. But like, like I feel like some like horror music is almost like manipulative. It's like mm-hmm. 
it's like, yeah, these are scary sounds. Like this is a scary right. song. This right. is <laughs> priming yes. me to be scary. <laughs> this doesn't feel like it's doing that. It just feels very like alien and like big. Because mm-hmm. I think like a big part of this movie that's like so cool is like how it's like simultaneously kind of like a small story about a couple of people and also just like the most important thing to happen in human history, mm. you know? And that sort of like juxtaposition, I think, is like carried along by this very like kind of serene, but also otherworldly and freaky music. Alien and big. Those are the two best ways to describe the aliens in this movie as well. (laughs) Uh, Weird and large. Weird and large and like unsettling, but not overtly threatening. The alien design is so freaking cool. It is. I feel like I just have seen so many aliens that are like not cool. Like you kind (laughs) of go like one way or the other where it's like too human, where it's just sort of the Star Trek thing where like everyone looks like a human, but they've got different color skin and latex head, you know, (laughs) or like hard the other way where it's all just like, like, weird monster creatures yeah like um but i this felt like so weird but in a way that like so much else in this movie was also very grounded i don't know if scientifically they make sense but like i love how sometimes they zoom up and it's because it the bottom looks like a hand you know like it kind of like knuckles but Mm -hmm. it also almost looks like there's a face on it Mm-hmm. And then later you see the full body and there's kind of the head at the top. So mm-hmm. you're like, is that it's like head, face? Like, I don't know. I think it's really awesome. And without being, it's like motivated by something. There's like a clear design. And yeah. I love the reveal of like the rest of the body and how like simple the rest of it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you think you think like, oh, there's like, we're about to zoom up and just, it's going to be so freaking weird. And instead, it's like just kind of a weird, smooth bulb, you know. It looks like there's a little top hat at the top. Yeah, so kind of- yeah, with a little a little nipple at the top. Like <laughs> you're like, is that its brain? Like, is what we've been right. seeing just like its body, and then the rest is like brain? Because it's clearly the smart thing. <laughs> like <laughs> whatever it yeah. is, it's smart, you know. Good alien. What the bottom half of it looks like to me mm-hmm. is the spiders from Enemy. Oh, Like, yeah. in such a big way. And I hadn't seen Enemy the first time I saw this. That movie features giant spiders, another Denny movie. Mm-hmm. And they're all based on this, like, sculpture of a giant spider called Mother that's oh. in Ottawa that he saw growing up as a child. And that is, like, pretty much what their legs look like. Yeah. Like, the bottom half of them, which is all that we see for most of the movie. To me, they look just like that mother sculpture. I've just looked it up. I see what you mean. But I will say this. As somebody who is, like, horribly afraid of spiders. Uh, Me too. They they creep me out because they look like spiders, but they are enough different from spiders that I can stand to look at them and, like, humanize them in a way that I couldn't if it was just a giant spider. I feel the same. I'm also very, very scared of spiders and yeah. including like in movies and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they, yeah, it's like it occurred to me, but then I didn't I didn't really think about it after that. Like, yeah, they move more like octopus. Yeah. 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 But then they do that weird open up 
face hugger thing to spray their ink. Yeah. Which is a really cool moment when, when Louise is in on the other side of the glass uh, at the Mm -hmm. end of the movie and the ink stuff like falls over her hands and she's just looking at it like, like, holy crap. I just like touched it. Like she seems thrilled to have gotten to touch the ink stuff. Mm -hmm. I really, really liked her character in this movie and like her reactions to things mm-hmm. which is yeah. often not like like not really reacting to things like that's what's interesting about it yeah is how much she just sort of like stomachs and internalizes and like doesn't have a comment on i think this is like the performance of a lifetime from from amy adams dude yeah it's just it just kicks dude from yeah. moment one she's so in it she's like 100 percent in it the whole time and i feel like on the rewatch you like understand the moment when she starts to understand long before the yeah. movie tells you that's yes. what's going on like you yeah. see her putting it together before the movie puts it together for you which i think is so if i can talk about the intro a little bit just like the first five minutes of this movie yeah i think is like crazy effective mm. because so much of what i like about this movie is how it's like i said like a obviously a big high concept and there's stuff in it that like scientifically may or may not make sense i don't know like as far as like building like the world and how people act feels very grounded like feels very realistically human like yeah mm-hmm. if a spaceship landed in montana like, yeah, the army would be there and they'd like have to lock down the state and stuff. And you've got like, like one thing I really like is the um, the bird in the cage in there. That's such an interesting image. Mm-hmm. And it's such a cool thing of like, you've got oh, all this right. military tech equipment and you're taking all these precautions. But it's like, also, we've just got a bird. It feels important, even though it's not. The bird I never dies. Ever pay off. I argue that it is. Okay, and here's the thing. I think it's the radiation that she's exposed to by talking to the aliens that is that causes the cancer that kills her daughter. <laughs> like okay. I think it's all tied together and okay. that, like the, the bird is like the bird is our symbol for that and like Interesting. is like tied into that cuz the what bird What happens is... with the bird? Does anything ever happen with no, the bird? No, nothing. Well, doesn't nothing. it get blown up in the explosion? No, I don't think the bird is even because they they go up That's after the session to um, plant the bomb. I don't, and I think they bring the bird in with them for the sessions. So, hmm. yeah, you just never really follow up on the bird. Yeah. But it's in the painting. That's sort of the which is uh, interesting. Oh, right. Because I I don't really agree with what you're saying that the daughter got cancer from her taking the suit off or whatever. But the way what you said about the the bird sort of representing the daughter is interesting because like she's drawn this picture which sort of seems like a family picture but she's mm-hmm. not in it it's just mommy and daddy and the bird mm-hmm. so that's kind of a interesting image there yeah the opening okay so it's clear from this opening that denny has seen up <laughs> what <laughs> what it's clear that he was like oh yeah the first 10 minutes of up yes we're gonna do that we're gonna do it in live action <laughs> and uh, i'm gonna funny. get the oscar <laughs> but now thinking back on it that all happens before she's been, before she learns the language, right? Right. And the thing I like about it is that her like ability to see the future we learn is from her learning this language, right. not from like some superpower that she always had. Right. Yeah. 
So is that just like a flash that comes later in timeline that we see up front? Well, because it opens with her staying, saying the story of your life begins something. Yeah. So And so it's her, the whole thing is framed as her retrospectively telling her, her daughter hmm. the story of her life. And you think at the beginning that everything that happens happens after the death of her daughter and that she is... Uh, that she's a mother grieving the loss of her child. Like that's like the deep grief that's sitting on her throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. And then it was revealed like in the middle there that that's not what's going on. Yeah. But I feel like that that's to help give the viewer the same experience that she has like in the middle of it, I guess. Hmm. Cause you can see both ends of it. I, I, I mean, I agree. I think what you're saying is correct. As far as like the timeline, I don't think she's like seen visions her whole life. But I think that, like, as she... Because there's stuff where it's, like, you can use information from the future now. Like, the conversation with General Zhang, which I feel like we should circle back to that in, in general. But, like, that that's, like, clearly, like, how her how she lives her life and, like, interacts with time itself changes. And it's, like, it might be a thing where it affects the past, too. Not, like, changes mm. the past, but it's, like... But it's interesting because she starts out so she does seem just so like dead inside mm -hmm. and not in, like she's she's walking in and people are getting up and gathering around this news TV screen. Right. And like, I think we see her notice that. And like, that's a lot of people standing and like forming around this news thing. It's like it's pretty normal to be like, OK, what's happening? You know, and but she just kind of ignores it and walks on and then like and it seems like almost like she knows like like when she asks where everyone is, it's like she knows something bad has probably happened, but she just like doesn't even want to think about it until she has to. Like it feels like the equivalent of like a nine eleven. Like everyone's mm -hmm. sitting at the TV, people are not going into work or whatever, and she's just yeah. like, I don't wanna have to deal with a nine eleven. I'm going to ignore this until until a student asks me to turn on the TV and then I have to look. And then I stand right in front of it while <laughs> I notice that, like, it's a cool shot. But I'm like, she's just standing directly in front of the TV, blocking <laughs> it from everybody. I'm like, did you stand off to the side, please? Like, But I think also one thing that's so cool about the, that intro is, like, once, um, like, the alarms start to go off and they're starting to, like, evacuate you know like things like that are happening like it's sort of this thing which like in 2016 i don't think a lot of americans could probably relate to but now like obviously it's a totally different scale but just like the idea of like a global event that mm -hmm. changes your routine that day you know like i mean 9 11 was probably like if you're watching it and you went you experienced that you're probably reminded of that watching the beginning mm. of this movie yeah. but then also kind of like the news about covid and like do we have to go to work tomorrow like that like when mm. people are just like shuffling out it's not like oh my god the world is ending we're immediately we're immediately rioting and everyone's just like going crazy and there's orgies in the park it's like just kind of like walking out just going where you're told and being like, do I have to go to work tomorrow? You know? And like the person, like the biggest thing that happens from that is that a car rear ends another car in the park. Yeah. Room. Yeah. Which was such and, like, an interesting thing to focus so, on. So grounded. And like, just like you yeah. said, exact. It's, it is like that small thing. You're distracted driving. So you like bump the car. And of course it's the famous Denny car crash, which he loves. Mm -hmm. 
Does he always have car crashes? Is that a thing? He very loves, often. he very often. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can honestly relate to that where like early on in like those first week or so of like, of COVID of like, how long is this? How real is this? How much is this actually going to like affect mm-hmm. me in my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my roommates just like went to Kroger. We're like, I guess we're just going to buy a bunch of groceries and like some toilet paper if we can, you know? And I was like, I did like self checkout and then just like left without paying. And then like, it was one of my, Jay came out. It just like, it's like, Hey, you, you didn't, you didn't pay. They're like, and I maybe would have just left, but I had given my phone number for my Kroger card. So I was like, all right, I got to go back and pay. But it's like that kind of thing where you're just like, that could just like happen. But you're like, maybe I'm like a little more like freaked out that I'm letting myself acknowledge right now. Hmm. Cause like, I'm, yeah, I could totally see someone just like backing into someone in the parking lot. Cause you're, but then just, again, just like trying to keep it cool. It's like mundane. And so much mm-hmm. of this movie feels yeah. mundane and like they're just at work. And so much of this movie, again, is the biggest thing to ever happen in human history. Yeah. Super cool. Now I'm a little twisted about the beginning, though. What, what do you mean? <laughs> because it really does seem in that beginning that she is being like haunted by the memory of her daughter. Like in sequence, that's what you're supposed to assume is going on. Yes. Then that's why she's acting that way. But if she hasn't had those visions at all yet, then like, what is that? To me on the rewatch, it feels like almost like she is just someone like cursed with a terrible purpose, a terrible burden Mm. that she hasn't met yet. Like she's Mm. just, she is waiting for this to happen and she doesn't know it, but she feels it. She feels that she is, that she is waiting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And And because it reverberates backwards across time into her life. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got this real, like, almost like Dr. Manhattan thing going on. Yeah. Um, But also, like, not in a huge way. Because, like, she obviously, like, loves her daughter. And presumably loves Jeremy Renner at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, she's got also this thing of, like, I've seen time. You know? Like, I don't Uh exist. Like, I do not exist on the same plane as everyone else in my life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I also wonder about, like, presumably it happens because she learns the language and she also teaches the language. Something I want to know is, like, how many other people are also getting this power? Like, how how radically is this, like, changing, mm-hmm. like, the human race? Is this going to be a thing where in a generation or two, this is the new literacy where everyone sees the future, you know? Like, or is this a big evolutionary step or is it, like, some people have this special skill. Some people bother to learn the language. I feel like that is the implication that it becomes widespread. And that's what they're like hoping for with the 3000 years time that like by that point, pretty much everyone will have been able to see time like they do. Yeah. And you'll be able to help us out. That is such a cool. It's so cool. It's such a cool idea of like, we're just like, we're going to need your help. We'll be back. No details. And interestingly, that is a new idea. That is new for the movie, not from the not from really? the book. In the oh, book, there's never any explanation of why they are on oh. Earth at all. They come in, she learns the language, and eventually they disappear. And it is only about like her personal story and doesn't have like the wider effect of her say like saving the world from the brink of war. I think that that stuff is all really good additions. I do. I I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it is that she can only see her experience because I think she's seeing. I, too. Yeah. I think she's seeing memories in the same way yeah. that that we can only see memories of our past. She is just right. seeing those of things, her memories of things that happen in the future. Which reminded me of like the concept of like supposedly like every time you remember an event, it changes in your memory a little mm-hmm. bit, and you can really mm-hmm. like for your reality like change the past. Like you know, it doesn't change for other people, but like you know, it's like. For all intents and purposes, this is what happened, the way you're remembering it. You don't really have anything else to go off of for a lot of your memories. That felt like what you said about how it revert like ripples through the past was like mm-hmm. we're seeing that she knows the future, but it also is like she's becoming a being above time, which includes like her past, because it's not past anymore. Also reminds me a lot of the uh Tralfamadorians from Kurt Vonnegut's uh, Slaughterhouse Five and mm. the uh, character in that book who like i think the first line of that novel is uh whatever billy pilgrim became unstuck in time <laughs> and he, that's like kind of this a similar thing happens to him over the course of that book where he is like it, it, he can remember all these different things out of order basically yeah um, and which I there's think is really interesting there is something like that in dune too i don't want to I think Wade is not far enough along that I don't want to spoil anything. Mm, but, that is a little... Yeah, I guess, yeah. But the idea also of like, like in the moment now, he's using a memory of the future to help him out. Like that conversation with General Zhang, just such a cool scene. And she plays that so well. It's just this like, oh my God, this is so weird. Like, I, it's <laughs> like, it's like, I'm here now. Oh, I'm here. Oh, oh, this is important. Okay. All right. Yes. Your phone and, number. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So cool. And I don't know if Zhang maybe also knows about it because he's learned the language you can see the future. I don't get that vibe. He doesn't have that like otherworldly no. glazed over thing. I think he just no. knows other, you know, or well, I guess he remembers the phone call. He's like, yeah, he got at phone some call point first. this happens because yeah. he has a memory of the past. Yeah, which so is meets... the future for her in the present, but the past yeah. for them both in that moment. Yeah, and he's like, I know at some point I have to meet her to uh-huh. give her my phone number so she can call me in the past. Yeah, and tell me, yeah. do either of you know? I I thought about looking it up, but do either of you know his wife's last words were? Because I think I we do. hear her say, "You do." Mm-hmm. Would Would you mind? I know that it was a big point of contention because the screenwriter spent like a huge amount of effort to get the exact translation and the exact mm. words oh. correct. Mm-hmm. And then Denny didn't subtitle it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Denny was, was like, no, I think choice. it's better. I think it's better if you don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it is too. I, but here we yeah. go. This is what it is. I, I want to is... know, but I liked not knowing during the watching of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The translation is in war, there are no winners. Only widows. Oh. That's his wife's dying words. Oh my yes. god! What? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, that's epic, and I also am <laughs> glad that I didn't see that on a subtitle because I think I yeah, I, yeah I think that would have yeah. broken immersion because I'm like that's that's so much like that is so dramatic. But yeah, as like an after just like afterthought kind of thing, very cool. As last words, in war, there are no winners, only widows. And she's saying this to the chairman of the People's Liberation Army. 
<laughs> I mean, we don't know if he was that at that time, but I presume he assume was. he probably was or on his way yeah, to being that. Or was definitely yeah, a military. Wow. Oh, that's wow. cool. I mean, to me, that just like opens up that guy in a whole new way too, though. I would like to talk about that whole, the whole China thing in this movie. Let's do it. Without going too much into like real modern politics of China, but mm-hmm. a little bit because this is a few years before the last year or two push of like really negative, like international messaging about China. I mean, there has been mm-hmm. for a long time, but there's like obviously a recent yeah. uh, push, you know, and like, yeah, not going to comment on that, but like, it feels like they're doing just sort of a like, not nuanced China and Russia bad thing, America good. You know, uh, that's what it seems like to me at first when with like the international relations of the mm-hmm. whole thing. It's just like, yeah, just China and Russia are warmongers. America is trying to keep the peace, you know, uh, but yeah. then you start to realize they kind of are all both like they all just kind of assume it's like a Mexican standoff thing. Like everyone is. Yeah. Like, but then the fact that because you think it's like, oh, China got the weapon and they're going to attack America. But it's then it's like China is like, forget these aliens. <laughs> they're trying to tear us apart trying to give us weapons we're yeah, not yeah, interested yeah. we're not yeah. which is like so, so like if it, that feels like the biggest twist in the movie is yeah. that they like they have a big you know imperial country being like not interested thank you no thank you because it feels yeah. like impossible that like america and any president or like general we've ever had would be mm. like no we don't want that weapon no thanks like <laughs> They definitely would win. So like having that be China's reaction, but still a bad thing because it's right. a misunderstanding of what's happening. Right. But like, I love that they're like, we are not like, yeah, we are, will not deal with these aliens who want to divide humanity. It's like, oh, that's such yeah. a cool and unexpected thing. And then General Zhang ending up being part of like the hero in like understanding. Mm-hmm. And like when we actually like meet him just seems like, a wise dude who understood the stakes, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and because I think that's so true too, what you say about it being a misunderstanding because this movie is about language. It's yeah. about, it's about war being the, what happens when language fails. And when Ian quotes, when they're on the helicopter and he quotes to Louise from her book, the, you know, uh-huh. that w- whatever, like words are the first weapon drawn in a conflict. Mm-hmm. That feels like a big, between the international relations and between the humans and the aliens, mm-hmm. it seems like war is always about to happen. Yeah. But you've got the more enlightened, like, honestly, just like you've got the like more enlightened Chinese leadership than mm-hmm. like versus like who we're focusing on in America, who like, not that uh-huh. they want war either, but they are like, they're not doing what they need to be doing to avoid it, you know? Yeah. And then you've got like the aliens who get bombed but are still cool about it, like still keep it together and like mm-hmm. don't retaliate. How much do they know? How much can they do about the future? Because Abbott dies, but he's, he's dying. They save Louise, you know, they dump her yeah. out right before the bomb goes off. So it's like, how much like can they inf- like you know, or is it just a sort of thing they've seen every possible future and this is the one where it works out or right. things just go the way they do, including knowing the future information, but it's still like one path laid out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they aren't visions. I think they're memories. So I think they can't change anything in any capacity, but they can use the information from the future to make decisions now. Yeah. Which is, is like a time so travel weird. paradox. 
yeah. when it first comes up. But then the movie is kind of like the paradox is the point. And right. Like, okay, it kind of becomes yeah. like, yeah, it seems like a paradox to you, you monkey brain linear understanding. Uh-huh. But yeah. that's just not how time is. Like you can yeah. move through time in that way and it does work. Yeah. Really hurts the brain to think about it. Um, yeah. I, I hate to do this, but I do want to get us back on track to Wade's stats. I feel like oh, I, have, yeah. I, I feel like We're I've been relieved of the duty of of telling what happens in this movie because we've gone through a lot of it. But yeah. I do want to get Wade to finish up doing the stats before we go. Okay, over time. what can I respond briefly to what? Oh we yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think to Chandler's discussion about like the optimistic outlook on international politics in this movie. Um, I think that is represented too in Forrest Whitaker's character, mm-hmm. who I think is kind of like an underappreciated or a thankless role because mm-hmm. he has to sort of be like the conflict of the movie. Yeah, he is like embodying the military militaristic viewpoint and everything. But even in how he plays that is like so kindly, like the things he Louise does like so much that should be like against the rules and illegal in this movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like what he is always saying to her is like, let me understand. He's like, yeah. he's always saying yeah. to her, like, explain this to me. And yeah. and he'll be like, OK, well, I can buy you a little bit of time, but then I need more. Yeah. And it's also sort of playing back into that, like mundanity and that like it's a day at work is how so much of him is like, it's just what's coming mm. from on top, you know? his goodbye when presumably like they have entered the apocalypse is just, he says like, it's over. It's been an honor working with you. Yeah. And then he leaves. That's the last time you see him, you know? Oh man. Yeah. We can, we should do stats. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just yes, thought yes, of yes. two tangents. I could go on. <laughs> We're back on stats. track. We're back on track. Where even was I? Okay. The cinematography for this movie was directed by Bradford Young, who I think is a really cool guy. He's, sort of up and comer. He's like young forties, which is pretty young for a cinematographer in this sort of thing. Um, he's from Kentucky. He went to Howard. He did the cinematography for, uh, in addition to this movie, Selma, mm. one of my favorite films, a most violent year and solo, a star Wars story. Whoa. And his big thing is like shooting using natural light and available wow. light. Like that is like his big style thing is like not putting lights on the set and like shooting it where you can. Selma has really, really good cinematography. That's a really weirdly pretty movie at times. So is Solo. Like the camera movements in Solo are really cool. How do you Although do that natural movie is lighting dark? <laughs> How do you do natural lighting on Solo though? Well, like you said, it's dark because there's no natural lighting. That is the thing is that that movie, it looks like someone just like did not turn the brightness up enough <laughs> on the final version of that film, which I feel like is probably because so much of it takes place in like mines and smugglers mm, yeah. and ships. Yeah. This movie also Arrival has the like, there's not going to be natural lighting inside the ship. Yeah. That's true. But it still feels like very realistic lighting. Like it feels it feels like the real lighting of that setting and not yeah. stage lighting at all. But all of the outdoor stuff, especially, I think. Yeah. And like almost all of the flashbacks are outdoors or the stuff in her apartment, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. is such a gorgeous house, too. I read that that was part of both her house and her classroom are like all mm-hmm. built facing like one big white screen in the way that the spaceship is. And that was like part of the symmetry of the movie. 
interesting. from the production design. That's interesting. So this dude, Bradford Young, became the first black cinematographer to ever be nominated for an Oscar for this oh, film. Wow. In 2016. That's a little, <laughs> yep. a little late, fellas. <laughs> also, the briefest of tangents. I'm so sorry. But no, you know what? This please. is a big movie. It's going to be a big episode. It's a big say. movie, dude. Yeah, that's another thing we haven't even talked about. But all of our guests for this whole series have been like, I haven't seen any Denny movies, but I've seen Arrival. Yeah. This is like the movie. This is his yeah. movie that everyone mm-hmm. has seen. My brief tangent is just that the actor Michael K. Williams recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. And I'm surprised that I'm not seeing a lot of people talking about the fact that he filmed Solo a Star Wars story and then was cut out in the reshoots. And I just want to, uh, Disney, just give us the Lord and Miller cut with him playing Paul Bettany's character. That like is fully Whoa. fully exists on a shelf in Disney somewhere. Wait, so they recast him? Solo Star Wars story was originally directed by Chris Lord and Phil Miller, who are these really funny guys. They did Lego Movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, mm. the Jump mm. Street movies, right. Into the Spider Verse. They hired them to make Solo. They filmed. It was reported ninety percent of the entire movie, mm-hmm. and then they were Disney was like, no, this is too funny. We don't actually want a comedy. We want a Star Wars movie. <laughs> and then they fired him and brought on Ron Howard. Wow. So when they filmed that whole movie, they had Michael K. Williams playing the villain. But he was um, supposed to be, he like filmed all his scenes and he was supposed to be CG'd into like a digital animated character that he uh, would be voicing. Weird. Interesting. And when they had to reshoot the whole movie, they didn't have time. He couldn't come back for the reshoots. And they didn't have time to reanimate his character. They should have just had him voice Paul Bettany. They cast Paul Bettany and Paul Bettany just played a human with like no, no digital. With like dragon breath at the end. Also, didn't he have a scar in that movie? I'm wondering if they were like, we'll keep the Michael K. Williams scar. (laughs) I can't remember imagining that, but I think he does. (laughs) That's a good point. No, he does. He does. Oh, yeah. They're like, we like that. Nothing else about it. Anyway, release release the Lord release, of the Yeah, yeah. For real. I would love to see that. I've only I've seen that I've seen Mark K. Williams in The Wire, of course, and Community. Mm-hmm. It was really good in both of those. This movie Arrival runs one hour and fifty six minutes. It was released by Paramount Pictures. Denny has not repeated a movie studio yet mm-hmm. uh, in his three American movies. It was released November eleventh, twenty sixteen. Three days after the American public elected Donald Trump to be the 44th president of the United States. It feels like a 2016 sci-fi movie. In what sort of ways? In ways that might be hard to exactly nail down. Like the news media feels like it did in 2016. Mm. The sort of Alex Jones cutaway thing. It feels like kind of almost prophetic, but also like not an, like not enough. Like now it's like the fact that there isn't, that we don't see like the masses trying to get into Montana to kill the aliens or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. I also, this might be more of a tangent too, but I think <laughs> it's interesting how we keep cutting to the rioting, but it's almost all in Venezuela. Like that is like every time we cut mm. to like, What's happening in the world? It's violence in Venezuela almost every time. And I'm Hmm. wondering why. That's just a weird choice to Hmm. me. And I think we're told that it's happening everywhere. 
but that's what they mm. keep like showing us. Yeah. I think that's weird. And I don't know. It seems intentional. And I don't really know enough about like Venezuela to know like why, like why that might be the point being made. I think Denny is certainly willing to make movies about other cultures to like dive deep into other <laughs> cultures and other conflicts that he's not a part of. Yeah. Um, not saying that's a good or bad thing, but much, much more than other directors of his stature and status. He mm. is. Yeah. I think the prophetic stuff in this movie that is, feels much more accurate is the stuff with like the weirdo guard whose wife Uh, is watching the news and calls him and tells him like, you're the only one who can do it. Like you're the only one who can destroy these things for all of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That feels much more like the thing to me. Cool. I can do this in one fell swoop. We're almost, we're almost there. (laughs) And yes, it was, it was critically acclaimed. It was commercially successful uh, box office of two Oh three million off a 47 budget. That surpasses Prisoners 122 off of the same budget. So this is what is his most successful film so far. Nominated for eight Oscars at the Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Cinematography. The only one it won was Best Sound Editing. It is good sound editing. (laughs) But still controversial and still brought up is the fact that Amy Adams was not even nominated for her role in this film. Amy Adams, as an actress, has been nominated six times, but has never won an Academy Award. Interesting. Wow. She could and should have won for this, and she should not have been nominated for Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> Thank you. Was I don't know if she was. I know Glenn I'm Close sure was. she was. Who's I think the only other The one. only film that got nominated at the Oscars last year was Hillbilly Elegy. It was <laughs> and, for and Bo Rat 2. And Bo Rat 2. Those were the two movies that the Academy had watched. <laughs> I really hope y'all just pronounced it Bo Rat. <laughs> okay. Right. That's Wait. all I... We're is, that done. The, is that the fell swoop? We're done. All right. Then fell swoop once more. Take us where we need to be. Em. So now all we right. can start talking about the movie? Yeah, now right? we can start talking about it. Chandler, flop or bop? Oh, bop, 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 bop. Bop. Such a good movie. Wade, flop or bop? Uh, bop for me as well. I really like this movie. I, I did not the first time, and I just do not now have like the utmost adoration that I feel like Emmett has for this movie, Mm -hmm. but I really like it. Uh, It reminded me a lot on this rewatch of interstellar. Mm. Another movie that is sort of like sort of for three quarters of the movie. They're like, this is hard science. This is about science. And then at the end, they're like, just kidding. It's about love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think that twist plays much more successfully here. I just, I'm not, I just like a lot of the things this movie is doing and saying yeah. there are parts of it that leave me a little cold, if I'm being honest, but I really like it in general. Emmett, flop or bop? This movie is a bop. It makes me weep every time. It <laughs> is like, I mean, like you, you saw, I was pretty drunk when we watched this for this for this go round, but you saw that I was pretty much waterworks the whole time. Oh, yeah, wow. he was truly, truly. It's like this one gets me for some. I can't really. I mean, like I feel like this movie hits me in a way that is greater than the sum of its parts as we're talking mm-hmm. about them, which feels right. But yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't explain the way that I feel about this movie because it it touches something beyond explanation. Like thinking about the movie, I almost think about it non-linearly, you know? Yeah. Like I think of the movie itself as like a moment. It's done in such a like dreamlike way. 
And it's so, it's really like three sets also, I think is another good point about it. Like after the intro, it's, you're in like a tent and Mm -hmm. you're outside and you're in the spaceship. Yeah. And they're all pretty contained, low budget sorts of sets. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives it this feeling uh, and you're, and you've kind of got this loop you're on of like having a session and then getting off and then like weird stuff Uh happening in the tent and like learning, you know, you're just kind of on this loop that makes it like, it's like, it's it's almost like you don't think about the movie as like beginning, middle and end clear act structure. It has that. It is that. But like yeah. my memory of the movie is more kind of like ephemeral. Like the first time I saw it, it moved me. The second time I saw it, it wrecked me. Hmm. I think the I think this. I mean, we've talked about how a lot of the Denny movies are good on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. This movie, every time you rewatch it, you are having more of the experience of the main character. Yeah, because you like are on that same cycle where you're like, I can remember what happens in yeah. the end of this movie. <laughs> Which she also can, and so that like makes everything. It's a movie that like hmm. deepens and gets like richer every time you watch it. Yeah, uh, because structurally, not just because it's a good movie that you can get more out of every time, but it structurally does that for itself. Yeah, and Amy Amy Adams, who I like, I like, but don't love most of the time. Most of the time, I feel like she's doing a good job. I think she's putting in a, a, a performance above and beyond anything else um, that she's yeah. done in this movie. I love her a lot. And I think she is really good in this too. I kind of wonder like when she has the speech at the end and she's like, but I did accept it and I did live through those moments. And like, I chose to move on anyway. I am sort of like, did she? Because she seems kind of like miserable throughout the rest of her life that we see of like living out those moments. Hmm. Or is that just because we're seeing the moments where she's sort of like flashing around, you know? Yeah, where she's having those like sort of yeah. telemetric like time mm-hmm. on top of time moments. Yeah, yeah, and she's disoriented from that. I think it could be that. I also think I feel like the only time we see her not miserable is like when she is in the tank, like in mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Abbott or with Costello. Like yeah. when she like is like overcome by just like she does such a good job throughout the movie or throughout like especially like the first sort of contact of acting just like holy crap i'm about to do something so big like i'm having such a singular experience and like that overwhelming and i love that moment after they first get out when ian just they just like make eye contact and just have that knowing like Mm. words cannot express what we're feeling i have to go throw up now like, yeah, that it, like my human body, <laughs> not just my mind, my human body can't handle. Yeah, can't how handle weird and big what just happened was. Right. So I've just got to throw up, and I think she does a really good job of that. I think Jeremy Renner's just okay in this movie, to be honest. Wow. Can I? Can I be honest? Yeah. Is this a safe space? Because if it's not, that's okay. But like, it's a safe space. Is it? Yeah. I think Renner is the best performance in the movie. Interesting. That's interesting. Lay it, lay it, lay it on. So why? I just think he's like really good. Part of it. She has a plot arc, but as we're sort of saying, like her attitude is very similar for most of the movie Mm -hmm. emotionally, except in those scenes with Abin and Costello, which I think she's incredible in those. Yeah. Especially the last one where she gets to go inside the tank. 
Mm -hmm. I think she's amazing in that. But I don't know. Renner is a guy who I'm like so, so on in general. I'm sort of like, what's his thing? He's just an everyman. <laughs> like, is that supposed to be his thing that he's just like a regular dude? I don't know. I feel like Denny saw him and he's like, we're going to give him these little glasses. We're going to play <laughs> him as like a quiet intellectual. Who, and I think he's so charming. I love his relationship with Amy Adams and like how it develops mm-hmm. over the course of the movie. I love all the different ways you see him be there for her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the way up through that scene where he's basically like telling them to shoot him so she can be on the phone call yeah. a second mm-hmm. longer. I think he's in love with her before they meet. Uh, what do you guys think? Like, I think, yeah, he I might think, maybe yeah. he's read I think her book. He's, I think he's read her book and he is like, Holy crap. I get to work, but I'm in love with this person. And it definitely seems like to him. And I mean, I guess he says like meeting her was like bigger than the alien stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of feel like that does not go yeah. both ways. What do you guys think uh, about, I feel like we, he's obviously into her, like the whole movie. I feel like we basically never see her seem to re- actually reciprocate those feelings. Hmm. Partially just because we don't really see a lot of like, positive emotion from her in general in this movie and and like partially also just because like as she realizes that she's gonna marry him yeah is when she's realizing they're gonna get divorced so like presumably they have some happy times after this big event and like she's going through a lot more than he is you know yeah and it, it almost feels like a thing of like when she realizes that she'll marry him is when she realizes when it even occurs to her to look at him that way like, I don't really see any, like, she's so focused mm-hmm. on, like, the job and what's going on. Yeah, I love what you said about, like, how many different ways he's there for. Like, he, like, is, like, seems like he will be a great husband to a sort of extraterrestrial mind now. Like, someone who is, like, <laughs> existing on a different plane. You yeah. know, like, that can't be easy. But, like, I don't feel like she gives it back a lot. I yeah. feel like part of it is that she's learning about their divorce at the same time that she is like meeting him and falling in love with him. Yeah. And also about her child's death. Like I feel like both of those are intentional. We do see them happy in the one flashback moment where he's like, let's make a baby. That's the one time. And I've got to say like on this rewatch, knowing the twist, like the first time the twist got me so good. I didn't see it coming. And this time knowing the twist, it wasn't her moment of being like, I accept it. I do it anyway. That really broke me. It was his moment where he's like, where she just asks him what he would do. It takes him a minute. And then he says like, I would say what I feel more often. Mm -hmm. And then he like grabs her hand. And that was the part that like got me so good on this watch. Yeah. He does have some really good stuff towards the end. I feel like for a lot of the movie, I feel like he's kind of, not that he does bad, but I was just like, uh, whatever. Like I didn't feel like I was getting a lot from him, but he has some very good stuff there towards the end you want you want to know what is that dude's like life like after divorcing her after divorcing this this near god figure (laughs) the alien lady yeah like yeah right well after that he has a a really dark phase of his life where he kills a bunch of people and becomes a mercenary (laughs) and then his whole family gets disappeared in this big crazy thing and then he has to kill his best friend at no wait yeah. So Wade, would you say that that <laughs> he was your MVP in this film? Well, is he up for grabs? 
He is. I'm only putting Amy Adams off the table. She's the only one. Then I guess I would. I do think he's the best performance. I had someone else that I was going to mention for my MVP, mm-hmm. and I will just shout them out if neither of you pick them, because okay. I think lots of good performances in this, but I do think Renner is my favorite. Sweet. Uh, Chandler, who would you say your MVP? Uh, can you go? I need to think. I need to think. I should have thought about this before. I mean, like, there's only a very few other people on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's General Zhang, Forrest Whitaker's general character. And Michael Stuhlbarg has like the more rash military guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Like the CIA guy there. Yeah. Who's the dad from Call Me By Your Name the year after this. Oh, interesting. And there's like the, the guard guy or whatever. The, the yeah. soldier. That, like plants the bomb. Who mm-hmm. does do a good job? Yeah. He does. I think I'm going to give it to to Forrest Whitaker for this one. He is like grounded in this and makes it feel real. He's not like freaking out when he comes to her. He's very serious and there's urgency mm-hmm. to what he's saying, but he like mm-hmm. seems like a seasoned military guy would be. And I do like his relationship with her a lot. Like mm-hmm. that I think it's like very different from, you know, it like to contrast uh the way that Emily Blunt's character is treated by the military and all the men that are around in that Mm. movie. Um, This is another movie where she comes into a camp of predominantly men, but um, because Forrest Whitaker's character like respects her and like values what she has to say and is there to learn from her instead of assuming it to be the other way around. Mm. um, I think I just, I I like it. That's a really good point. The thing is like, I want to give it to Abbott and Costello somehow, like, (laughs) (laughs) or like the animators, I guess, like, I really do Uh think there's a lot of character in those moments. And because it's such a good job of like, it's not like an alien where it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's weird, but like, I understood the emotions, like, I don't understand them. Mm. But not in a way that was like frustrating or confusing. And there's like moments of like, oh yeah, this is like, they're connecting. Like, honestly, like Amy Adams and those animated creatures are good scene partners. Like, which honestly probably says as much about like her performance again, as it does about them. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess like, yeah, my MVP is the the animators because there's acting going on there and it's alien acting. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to to shout out then too, since no one picked him, General Shang. Oh, yeah, that uh, would be probably Zima. my second. He has so much like presence and charisma in just that one little bit. Yeah, yeah. for s- someone who's basically just like a a picture on a screen for most of the mo- movie as like a mystery yeah. antagonist, and mm-hmm. then just shows up for that little and scene. Yeah. I feel like he speaks to her in that scene with like love. Yeah. Mm. Like I think so too. Like, yeah. Like he, like almost like a, to a child. Yeah. Like he's helping her save the world. He's helping her mm-hmm. help him save the world. But also, like he's gonna have to talk about his. He's gonna have to like evoke his dead wife mm-hmm. and like her very like anti-word, anti-war last words. Like he's mm-hmm. carrying a lot with him in that moment, and he seems like the way he approaches her is like. It's like he's he's awestruck, you know. Yeah. He adores her. Well, and he's like maybe the most powerful man, single man in the world. Like he, he like as mm-hmm. far as like a one person wielding authority over such a large group of people, it's got to be him, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think too, thinking about that like childlike sense of this movie, mm. the word arrival is very tied into like a baby being born to me. Mm. 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 Yeah, the arrival. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, is it the arrival of the aliens or is it the arrival of Hannah? That's that interesting because the, the aliens look kind of spermy and their ship looks kind of <laughs> eggy. So that's, that's good. It is an egg. Yeah. 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 And Denny is obsessed with mothers. Like mm-hmm. all yeah, of his right, films right. have so much about motherhood. So yeah, that's right. Really and this film has a dad who like pretty much quits and a mom who will not quit for all time. Right. So yeah. yeah. And I feel like she does she have a choice. She seems to think she has a choice. Yeah, that's put true. it that way. Like mm. maybe she doesn't like timey wimey stuff, but she I feel like behaves as though she chose the pain that was coming for the for the love that would come before it. Even if she didn't have a choice that the actions would happen, which I agree that she might, mm-hmm. I think that she has a choice to like really live through it or not. You know, mm, right? Yeah. She has the choice to. She has the choice to to like fully accept it or mm-hmm, not, yeah. and to like say yes, this is right. And also, like, and I'm probably gonna cry now. Um, but oh. this is like something that I think this movie gets at, and maybe part of why it like hits me so hard is because that, like, that is like that choice. Like for her is very like real and very clear. Like she knows the exact timeline that her daughter's mm-hmm. gonna die, but. Like any time that anyone chooses to become a parent, like they know eventually that 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 child mm. is going to die, like whether it happens in their lifetime or not. Yeah. So it's like mm. it's like that whole it's like, are you willing to bring new life into a world of pain? Yeah. Or not. Um, and is it like, does the love redeem that choice or not? And I don't think I don't know that the movie like. I, I know that she answers it, but I don't know that the movie fully answers it. Ian obviously disagrees with her, like says yeah. that she chose wrong. Yeah. To, you know, and that could be referring to waiting so long to tell him or having her. But I feel like it's about having her. Like, I feel like he, mm-hmm. the implication is that he would have been like, if that's how it ends, you just shouldn't, we shouldn't have that baby. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, even the thing Emmett was talking about, it's not that dissimilar from what, the aliens are doing in this movie yeah of kind of being like things will hurt in the present but it will be worth it eventually yeah you know like abbott dying and probably knowing that's when he dies but still yeah whether he has a choice or not going on this mission all right Mm. well if do you all have any other final thoughts on this um before we move on to a little bit of lighter fare for our quiz wrap this puppy up Oh, just two funny things. I just like, I get it and it still works. But like the fact that like Forrest Whitaker's character could even think for a second that she might be able to just immediately translate an alien growling. (laughs) It almost takes me out where I'm like, uh, I know we're doing like a science versus military guy thing, but (laughs) what the hell did he expect from that? You've got a phone recording of do you hear any words or <laughs> phrases like no i don't of course i don't are you kidding me this is gonna take years like but then also i can't remember what specific moment i wrote this down but i wrote man is spitting game in this situation because like 
the world is ending and Ian is just, I think I wrote it down after he's like, the biggest thing was meeting you. It's just like, so cool <laughs> and funny that he is like, like, and like when they're in the back of the truck, you know, like he's just always like, he's like, I know I like, I don't know how long I have, but I'm in love with this girl. And I'm like trying to be super cool despite everything that's happening. And that he does do a really good job on. So uh, I'm coming back around on Jeremy Renner doing good. <laughs> Wade, final thoughts? Two final thoughts. First one, it's and this feeds into my second one, which is about how different and also similar this is to the other Denny movies. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to me that all of Denny's movies that have been released so far are like hard R. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> brutal. Mm-hmm. And this movie, they drop one F-bomb, and that is really it. Was it rated R? It was rated PG-13. If that one F-bomb was not in it, I think it would be rated G. <laughs> like, beyond... Yeah. Like, that's the only swear word they say in the movie. It's that There's one other shooting, though, in a bomb. I don't know if you can do that kind of stuff in G. Maybe PG, but, like, yeah, there's yeah. no nudity, there's no sex, there's not really much violence, there's barely any peril. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is interesting to me that this is such, like, a peaceful movie... Yeah. It is like serene. The vibe of this movie is like sitting outside and like letting a lake wash over your feet. Mm, Like that is the vibe of this movie that is about aliens. But like it's like it's overcast and there's like lightning in the distance. But you're just enjoying the pond, the lake right now. Yeah. And, And my second thought, which I guess is just a continuation of the first thought, is like that I noticed a bunch of other things from Denny movies and this Maybe you caught some more too, Emmett. But like the one this reminded me the most of was the worst Denny movie, Maelstrom. Mm. In like the blue palette, like the depressive vibe Uh and um, like the story of this one woman sort of like trying to keep it together in the middle of all this stuff. Mm hmm. That and Enemy, which I know that Denny has said, like, those two are siblings to each other. This one strikes me as, like, the third in that. Because, like, the spiders and the dream sequence and everything. The the scary, the jump scare dream sequence in this is right out of Enemy. I mean, that mm-hmm. is, like, yeah, that's true. kind of exactly the same as Enemy. And even the academia aspect of it, of Enemy and of Polytechnique. Yeah. And like the nature of photography, landscape shots of Sicario. Like, I just think there is a lot of his previous stuff in here. Yeah. Well, I feel like the big Denny things are like telling stories without words, car crashes, mothers, chaos theory, and like telling things out of sequence. Yeah. And those are all in this movie. This movie starts with her saying, like, we are so bound by the order of time. Which is mm-hmm. totally like a complaint Denny would make watching any other movie. <laughs> is. So I don't know, Emmett. Do you have thoughts about that? And then what are your final thoughts and turn? I think that's those are all astute observations about like the similarities here. I would also just add to that list of things that Denny is interested in: the violence that people enact on each other because mm-hmm. of like misunderstanding. You you termed it earlier as because they don't see each other as human which I think is especially interesting giving this movie. Yeah. Other than that, I would just say this is an excellent film. Go watch it. Obviously, like it's the one that most people have seen of Denny's. 
it really stands up to a rewatch, multiple rewatches. If you liked it the first time, you liked it even more the second. And if you've never seen it, I think you should go check it out. Emmett, take us home. Take us wherever we need to be. I'm just trying to count up. I think I've got eight movies here. This is from a list compiled of the best time travel films or TV shows on Netflix. I am going to... (laughs) Okay. I'm going to leave out a couple of the TV shows, though, because that's not really our vibe and... I think that's oh, but I really... like I know TV shows better. Oh, okay. All right, screw it. We'll do all eleven. <laughs> you want to do all eleven? My kneecaps out there. Chin, okay. Just all right. TV guy. All right, all right. We'll do. I all would 11, like then. to just say though, this uh-huh. is not a time travel movie. But continue. No, I know it's not a time travel movie, but yeah. time travel. It's paradox a time so... experience movie. <laughs> yes. Okay. But that's a much harder genre to look up lists of. I know, I know. When you're trying to make a quiz at the last minute. <laughs> I, 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 I'm missing, I'm missing. All right. So the first movie on this list, a 1993 comedy. It's a classic. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? No, although excellent guess. Are we guessing the movie? What's? Yeah, you're, oh yeah, this is, this is bums the word. The quiz is you're trying to guess the name of the movie. We're going to have 11 movies or TV shows and whoever gets the okay. most correct wins. Okay. Is that the only clue we get? 1993 classic? Um, I'll just keep, I'll just keep giving you 1993 classic about a weatherman. The weatherman? Who... Oh, Groundhog Day. That is correct. <sighs> Groundhog Day is 93? I thought it was 80s. Wow. Yeah, it does feel kind of like an 80s movie. This next film came out in 2014. It stars Ethan Hawke. This list says it's hands down one of the best science fictions ever made. But Source Code? Hmm. Um, it's not Source Code. I think code. I've seen it. Oh, I think I've seen it. I'm blanking on what it's called. Is it a one-word title? It is a one-word title. Oh, wait. No, it I'm sounds so that. much like Source Code, actually. Because the, listen to this. Uh, the story kicks off when an agent is sent to the past to prevent a bomb attack from taking place. Huh. Um, which is mm. also, I believe, the plot of Source Code. And Tenet, kind of. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Can you give us some hints about the nature of the title? Is it a character's name? It's a single word title. Maybe, it can is... you give us the director? It's not Looper, is it? No, that's older. The tagline is, to save the future, he must protect his past. <laughs> uh... It's like the name is like a philosophical concept. Equilibrium? No. Is it like chaos theory or parabellum no. or paradox? You're getting closer. Ethan um, Hawke is such a blind spot for me. I me know, too. Like, actually, yeah. But I weirdly feel like I did see this movie. I feel like I recently heard someone talking about this movie, which is why I could picture a one-word title, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm gonna say I don't know. Who's the director? Okay. The director is Michael Spierig and Peter Spierig. That means nothing to me. (laughs) Um, It was also written by them and based on the Robert A. Heinlein short story, All You Zombies. It looks pretty cool, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It is called Predestination. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have gotten there. I feel like I remember seeing trailers now. The next film is from 2016. It's a Netflix original. And it's among the most watched Netflix films of this genre in the past two years. I'm assuming that means time travel genre. (laughs) This movie has a name that is presumably an acronym. It's three 
capital letters. So there's a big hint. It tells oh. the story of an engineer who has somehow found a way to find an energy source that is going to solve all the Earth's problems. Um, it stars Robbie Amell in the lead role. Although he is successful in building a power source of that stature, there is one problem. He has created a time loop for himself and his friends from which he cannot get out. I don't know. This isn't ringing any bells for me. There's another Netflix original that's a three-letter title with Michael Monroe and Gary Oldman, which is what I thought this was, but RKS. Ooh, you are very close. OMG. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> BRB. USA. <laughs> All right. S-E-X. It is, are you ready to are you ready to yeah, get in? A R Q Arc. This next love these Netflix originals. This next is a uh, TV series from 2017, um, I think through 2017 through 2019. A German science fiction show. Dark. That is correct. Ah. I didn't know that was a time travel show. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. I've heard it's really good. I gotta check it out. The next film um, from 2017 as well. It's one of the highest grossing indie films of the year 2017. Inspired by Groundhog Day as its central theme, the film takes that idea and makes it something bigger and dare we say better. Uh, Well, you said 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not the one I'm thinking of then. It is also based on a famous science fiction novel of the same name. Were you thinking of Palm Springs? I was, yeah. I was too. I think that's on Hulu. A lot of time loop movies on these time travel movies. Yeah. You said this was successful, big successful 2017 movie? High high grossing, um, for one of the highest grossing indie films. Starring Zoe Zoe Deutsch, Halston Sage, Logan Miller, Elena Kamporis, Kian Lawley, Lauren Oliver, just to name Um, a few. Bunch of little kids. Yeah, Wait, we have seen this movie or have heard of this movie. I have not seen it, but I had heard of the book. So the title was familiar to me. Same name as the book. Same name as the book. It sounds like a teen romance, sad name for a book. <laughs> I did not know that this book was a science fiction book by the name of it um, and would not have called it as such until I saw it on this list. It's not the map of tiny perfect things, is it? It's not. I don't know. Damn. I don't doing, know either. I'm, we're doing bad. I think we're like yeah, one to one. <laughs> it's rough. It's called Before I Fall. It's really striking out on this. You really uh, pick some obscure time travel. I think of you as Mr. Netflix. Uh, I, I guess I'll just choose to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Next one is an animated series that began in 2013. Phineas and Ferb. And that's not Phineas and Ferb. Uh, is it an anime or a... Rick and Morty? It is Rick and Morty. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this next film is from 2012. We have talked about it pretty recently Looper? in a previous quiz. That's correct. Looper. Looper's on Netflix? Go watch Looper, people. It's good. The next film is try okay well i just gave that one away because i did that thing that i do try the trial of the chicago seven yeah it is it's the trial of the chicago seven this movie is from 2009 if there's any film that could give predestination a run for its money this is it it's presented as a psychological horror 
but it features the story of a group of friends who jump onto another ship while they are traveling through the Atlantic Ocean. Little do they realize that they will find themselves in a world that seems very normal, but isn't, I guess. <laughs> Not ringing any bells. Journey to the center of the earth. Um, think, <laughs> okay, think of a famous place in the Atlantic Ocean where bad the Bermuda things Triangle. Okay, think of just half of that name. Triangle. Triangle. That is correct. Wade, you are correct. Triangle. I said triangle, though. Project Triangle Strategy. This is a TV series, 2015. It has the same name as a, I believe, late 80s or early 90s science fiction film and has some story similarities. Total Recall? No. It is based on a movie that originally starred Bruce Willis and the fifth Brad element? Pitt. Oh, Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Lots of hair and no hair. <laughs> I can't think of them in a movie together, so I feel like I haven't seen the movie it's based on. The movie that this is based on is an excellent movie. I can't say anything for the series as I haven't seen it. What is the movie it's based on? I can't tell you because it's the same, same title. Name, same title. Oh, is it a sci-fi movie? It is a sci-fi movie. Is it Armageddon? It is not Armageddon. It is a time travel. I mean, they're both time travel things. Yeah, yeah. Um, the orig- the film was directed by Terry Gilliam. Oh. Um, it has to do with a virus that is released and people trying to stop that virus being released in a time travel sort of way. Does the title have the word monkey in it? It does. 12 Monkeys? That's correct. (laughs) Next one, we've got uh, another series. It's from 2016. It's the rare collaboration between Netflix and uh, the Canadian production company Showcase. The series is a little more dark than uh, than an average sci-fi film and is set in a post-apocalyptic world. Thousands of special operatives are given a task of going back into the past and entering the body of people to avert tragedies from taking place, which are likely to ruin the planet. Interesting. The Tomorrow War? No. <laughs> I'm coming with all the Prime Video <laughs> originals. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Thought you were going to do like Hot Tub Time Machine. And... Yeah, I wish. I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. They, that, they don't have that on Netflix anymore. Oh. The series is Travelers. <clears throat> and no. I do think I maybe heard about that. This last film is going to be from the year 2000. Despite the fact that this film holds an abysmal 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, it can give you quite a good time. It was based on a Swedish film that was also not well received um, and features a guy who is about to get married and who finds himself finds himself reliving the morning after his stag night again and again. Stag night? Don't think I know this one. Boss level? Um, okay, so this... Marriage story. The title for this is also one word. Roma? Uh, yeah, right. The title is one word. Hillbilly elegy. It is a descriptive word. Okay. Uh, Stupid. Uh, is, you know, the way that we, you know, you know, the saying, we come into the world. Naked. That is correct. No, that's correct. It's naked. Naked. It's called naked. And that's the premise. I feel like there's going to be a lot of disappointed viewers watching that one. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, that is the game. Wait, ha- wait you have wow. won the game. Uh, I think and, I only got one. But Chandler, anything you'd like to 
as a consolation prize, if you would like to uh, plug anything on social media that you're doing or. Uh... Yes, I can plug things. And this time they are things that are actually going to happen Ooh. in the real world, in the meat space. Uh, I perform <laughs> at Roll Call Theater in Atlanta at uh, Ponce City Market. Cool. Every other Thursday uh, with an improv comedy team named Stolen Goods. Mm. Uh, you can you can check us out. Just find Roll Call. You can follow Roll Call at rollcall.co. You can also follow me at Chandler underscore Pennington. Both of those are Instagram. Uh, I will also be directing a sketch team there. I believe our first show is going to be October 21st. Cool. So every other Thursday and October 21st, check me out. Oh, and also we have a special show. Oh, yeah. October 16th. It's also Stolen Goods, but it's a Saturday. I don't know why it's a special show yet. Just that it will be a special show because it's a Saturday. We get a special slot. So, yeah, check that out. Check those things out if you're in the area or if you're not. Come out. It's worth it. (laughs) Awesome. That's awesome. Has there ever been a greater gulf between episodes that we've had a guest on than between Deadpool and Arrival? <laughs> oh, geez. In terms of time and uh, quality and <laughs> artistic importance. They're both 2016 movies. They oh, are both wow. very 2016 in their own in, way. Yeah, and in both of these episodes, we talked about how they like definitely felt of that year. Mm. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, if you guys don't do the Barbie series next, I would like to be on for a bad movie sometime. There won't be any bad movies in the Barbie series, so that's why I said that. But like, if you guys do a bad series, <laughs> then I'd like to be on for a bad movie so that we can Unlike joke and Deadpool. dunk on. Well, I, I felt that I had to come on and defend Deadpool. Uh, so I felt like I didn't get to do as much Duncan as I wanted to. But Chandler, you started saying that you would only say positive things on a podcast. <laughs> so how are we going to have you on for a bad movie? <laughs> well, you know, it'll probably be a year and a half before I'm back on at the pace we've been going at. So maybe things will Damn, change. Okay, for okay, okay, okay. No, well, I would be on this podcast right. every week if you'd let me. I'm talking about you guys, all right? Okay, okay. Get me out here. All right. (laughs) We'll pick up the pace. We'll pick up the pace. All right, all right. Let's do some Barbie. Now, uh, up up next, in 43 weeks, we will be talking about Jordan Peele's Nope. But until then, also (laughs) next week, we will be talking about Denis Villeneuve's Blade Runner 2049, which runs... An unconscionable two hours and 45 minutes. Let me remind you that we are going to do this for you, dear listener. We are actually <laughs> Should be going illegal. to watch all two hours and 45 minutes of this movie. So you better come and listen to this this episode about it. All right. That's you, you one feel of the, every minute of that movie. too. One of the rare uh, movies where the episode will not be longer <laughs> than the movie. Yeah. God. Yeah. Can only you hope. guys know I've come around on Denny. I, I love the man, but. He should be in jail for releasing a two-hour and 45-minute movie. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. Yeah, well, you're trying to, though, but I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, incarceration is never the answer, but for something like that, maybe. There are are certain people that have to be just kept separate, yeah. (laughs) 
well, well <laughs> thank wonderful. you Chandler we love you Chandler hey, thank you guys yeah, I love you, you guys so vote Barbie 2021 vote Barbie 2021 better than what we got now am I right <laughs> 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 only positive things only positive things, <laughs> only positive things. Uh, alright everybody stay frosted <laughs>